1: to Administrative Static. This is John Vecchioni, And uh, our first topic today, I'd like to tell you a little about our case uh, in the Southern District of Ohio in Columbus called uh, Changizi versus Department of Health and Human Services. And we've sued DHS and Vivek Murphy, who is the Surgeon General, and Xavier Becerra, who's the Secretary of Health and Human Services, uh, for a topic that's been in the news, which is... Um, Twitter. Our clients, Mark Cengizzi, Michael P. Sanger, and Daniel Kotsen have been kicked off Twitter for voicing views on COVID measures that disagree with those of the government. And that has happened because of threats by the government. And Vivek Murthy, the Surgeon General, has demanded information on who is saying what on Twitter and what information Twitter has on them. And he's asked them to send uh, all this material to him by May 2nd. So we uh, scheduled a hearing, went to hearing um, before that, uh, before the court to say, you've got to stop him. You've got to order him not to um, demand this material anymore. And the government you know for the first thing they did was uh, they didn't. We wanted to ask the uh, Surgeon General a few questions. They said no, it's not showing up. And, uh, and then they said, "Oh, you don't. We're allowed to do this. You have no. You have no case. Matter of fact, there's not even any jurisdiction." So uh, we await a decision on all that. But I think that uh, very important uh, that the government not be Silencing you on these platforms and then say, Oh, it's just a platform's choice. Well, if it was just a platform's choice, how come the platform never did this till the government was asking them to and telling them to and threatening them with all kinds of uh dire consequences? They use that term, consequences. And um, I do, I do, uh, you can go on our website for Changese versus Department of Health Services and. And read the complaint and read all the motions, but um, I'm just going to uh, summarize some of the things that actually happened that are just kind of shocking. Um, so all three of our clients uh, had you know thousands and thousands of Twitter followers, and they their accounts were focused on criticizing restrictions imposed by governments and public health authorities in response to COVID-19, and. Uh, You know, these guys had quite a following about this stuff and they were scientifically minded. They linked to scientific articles and things like this. This wasn't this wasn't, you know, the vaccines are are sent by aliens type stuff. This is um, here. These mask mandates were put in here and they weren't put in here and the results are the same. So uh, why are we doing this type of thing? Because it seems to be ineffective and cause a lot of disruption. Um, that's the sort of thing that, you know, you think reasonable minds could debate and talk about. Well, apparently either, uh, reasonable minds can't talk and, and debate about that or the defendants, uh, the surgeon general particularly are not, are not reasonable. Um, because what happened then was on May 5th last year, uh, press secretary Jen Sackey stated that the president believes social media platforms have a responsibility to censor health misinformation related to COVID-19 vaccinations. And they needed to do more to effectuate this end. The president believed antitrust efforts were in order. Um, And so obviously, what he's saying is, uh, nice social media platform you got there. Shame if anything were to happen to it. Uh, And so I want the payoff. I want only my view to be available on your platform. And this was followed up by the Surgeon General. Uh, he issued an advisory on the subject. He said, uh, social media platforms, you, you can't have this misinformation on your platforms. And he ordered Twitter and other uh, such platforms to remove certain posts and ban certain users. And statements made by Murphy, Sacky, and President Joe Biden made clear these were not requests but demands. The administration was contemplating penalties against social media platforms for allowing, quote, misinformation to be disseminated on them. Um, And so one of the things that's really, uh, I think, sticks in the craw of the clients and is, I think, common in this area is the fact that the things that are labeled misinformation are true. And the things that the government puts on Twitter are false, and yet they're getting kicked off for misinformation. It is Orwellian that you can say that the effect, efficacy of this vaccine is X, and you can be right. All the studies, even the even the um, the pharmaceuticals own tests that they put in front of the FDA, you say here it is, here's what the efficacy is. Oh, here's the new studies, here's what the efficacy is, and uh, and and. <laughs> Uh, Moderna or or Pfizer can put that on their website, and and yet if you c- cite it, and the government doesn't like how it comes off, or it's not hundred percent, or something, uh, they can they can uh, pressure Twitter to take it away. Um, and so, uh, Mr. Changizi was uh, permanently uh, suspended for comparing the flu, seasonal flu, deaths for children to COVID nineteen. And in that area, very few children die of COVID nineteen, but some do die of seasonal flu. So he was he was not saying that the flu is more deadly than COVID nineteen. He was saying in this cohort of people, we have more recorded deaths from this this disease than that disease, which is I believe true. Um, and and he backs up what it is. So uh, it's 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 absolutely. Um, and another thing is, is that the, even after Rachel Walensky said that, that uh, the vaccines don't stop transmission, right? They're not, they're not sterilizing. Certain vaccines, you take them, um, and they not only prevent the disease in you, as these vaccines uh, uh, build up a resistance so that if you, get the, if you get the disease, it's not as bad, but they also sterilize it so you can't pass it on to every, everyone else, which these vaccines do not do. Okay. And the government had an interest, it seems, in saying that these were vaccines that stopped transmission. But that's not true. And we know that's not true because I bet you everyone listening to this broadcast knows somebody who was vaccinated and got COVID again. Um, It happened all over the place. I mean, I I just saw that uh, Kamala Harris came down with COVID. If you don't think she's vaccinated, uh, yeah, there's a bridge in Brooklyn I can sell you. Um, the the fact is is that there are good things about the vaccines. Primarily, they really really seem to um, eliminate uh, or, or or vastly reduce the deaths that are associated with COVID nineteen. Um, but they don't do other things, and you should be able to say that not only because it's a free country, but because it's true. So what what we have here is a situation where the Surgeon General did not want true statements out there that uh, that that were you know bad messaging that somebody who's anti-vax would take to uh, urge people not to get the vaccine i I, th- I think I assume that's what's going on here um, but the way we do things in this country is you you send out truth to combat it. So if he has good information, he could go out there and talk about it. I see Fauci on the TV all the time, and and uh, you can find websites—probably uh, not on Twitter—that'll that'll tell you what uh, what Fauci uh, has said that hasn't been true as well, and that's allowed as well. And you know what? Some things will appear to be true when you say them, and then there's new scientific evidence, and guess what? It's not true anymore. Do you delete the record of what people believed then and and particularly the links to why they believed it? That's how we grow in knowledge. You, you take a look and you say, hey, look, I changed my mind because this study was flawed and this other study looks better to me. There's nothing wrong with that. And And if you have a platform where people are supposed to be communicating and spreading ideas, and that's the whole model you have, the government shouldn't be interfering to end that ability for you to do that. And so that's what this case is about because we did not sue Twitter. We did not sue Facebook. We didn't sue any of these companies because I know that there's a lot of people out there who suspect all these uh, platforms just want to follow the party line of the administration, but really uh, what they want to do is make money and they have a, a strategy for doing that. And the strategy is not, throw everybody off my platform that the government's thrown off. It's get as many people on my platform as I can, maximize eyeballs. That's how they do this. So, and and the proof in the pudding is, is that when the government was not asking them to take this stuff down, they weren't taking this stuff down. So they're not doing it of their own volition. This is not because, uh, I don't know who the, I I, I don't know who the, cur- I guess the current head of Twitter, I do know, but but prior to uh, Elon's taking it over, Elon Musk, um, the the guy all the time they just called him Jack, uh, and and Jack uh, is was the head of, of Twitter, and people said, oh, he wants to do this, he wants to do that, but that guy was hauled in front of uh, Congress like many many times, so who the heck really knows what he wants to, wanted to do. But I, it, is, it is one thing for Congress to ask you questions uh, and then having to pass laws and do the rest of it. It's another thing for the executive branch and the administrative agencies saying what they're going to do to you with laws that are already passed that they're going to hurt you with. And that's what's going on here. They are, uh, we're asking the court to enjoin them and stop them from doing this and from, and from putting uh, unnatural pressure on these, on these groups, particularly Twitter. Um, because they're changing they're changing our talk about a very important subject. And the government's not supposed to throw one side off. So we'll let you know what happened. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Administrative Static. Uh, I am going to be discussing an aspect of the last segment, which is Twitter. Um, It is a huge development for free speech reasons that uh, Elon Musk has uh, organized the purchase of Twitter, and then he is going to take it private, apparently. And there's all kinds of speculation of what he's up to here. Uh, I think he spent something like forty-four billion dollars, um, and and um, so that's that's real money. That's not like Doctor Evil one million dollars. That's uh, that's a huge chunk of change. And so why is he doing this? And what can we hope to happen? And I think one of the things we can hope to happen, you know, we I just. Uh, received some notice that one of our attorneys here was in a discussion group with a law, a lawyer and a client from George Mason university discussing mandatory vaccinations. And, uh, they had, that was at a uh, high level, um, level of discussion on the legality and illegality and what the constitutional questions are about it. And, um, YouTube has gotten rid of it. They just, uh, they, they just got rid of that. Um, and they said this violates our standards. Well, you can't look up those standards and find out it's going to be violated. It's an ad hoc decision, and and that is what's going to go on here because um, Jonah Goldberg is is uh, often states that everyone who says they're free speech absolutists, um, uh, they nobody really is because unless you want uh, you know child pornography broadcast uh, at, on Saturday afternoons on TV, then you're probably not a free speech absolutist, meaning anything goes. Uh, or you'd be for fraud, right? You, you can lie to deceive people and get their money. So you can't be a free, free speech absolutist. I think that is a, a, a bad term for what we're talking about. But what you can do is have a situation where the rules are clearly stated what you're going to allow. You're not going to allow certain words. You just say, and you do this. You're off. You threaten to kill someone. How about that? You threaten to kill someone on Twitter, um, and and you're off. That's pretty understandable, right? Um, you put up um, pornography. You're done. So I I think that that. So on one side, we have people say it's going to be like uh, Armageddon. It's going to just it's. it's It's going to drive everyone off the platform because it's going to be so horrendous to be on there. But I think the way we do this and the way we've had free speech in this country for a very long time is that there are certain rules and hopefully those rules will be understandable and clearly laid out and it won't be, oh, no, uh, now we have this political leaning and this political pressure, so we're going to toss all these people off the platform. So but even I, the
0: even the Supreme Court, John said, uh, with regard to pornography, you know it when you see it, which yeah. isn't
1: much of a of a rule to specify in advance. It is not, but i I think that uh, I, I think that on Twitter, um, well, what do you think, Mark? I mean, I, I think that clear rules set out beforehand that you can go look at would be a huge advantage over what we got. And I I was just discussing, you know, Janine and Todd Zwicky being thrown off YouTube um for discussing the legality of vaccine mandates or non legality i mean that's just just crazy stuff
0: it it is and i think you're absolutely right that having clear rules uh specified in advance is what needs to happen i just i'm i'm maybe not as sanguine as you are that that specifying those rules will be easy but i think as long as uh, I mean part of the problem with what's happening now is that people are being punished retroactively, like they put something up and then Twitter decides, Oh well, you can't say that or you can't do that uh and I think that that having rules specified in advance will be very helpful and I think just allowing a lot more latitude generally, which sounds like where the new ownership wants to take it is is also going to uh mean that there are fewer fewer battles, but there will still
1: be battles at the margins. I presume that's true. I think the other thing is that I think there'll be a person who you can point to who kept it off, and I also think that life not a black box. Yeah, not a bad exactly. Algorithm. I yeah. also think that uh, they will hopefully um, they won't have lifetime bans. I mean, you know, I mean, it's pretty. It, you can kill a person in this country and you get out of jail in 15 years. I I don't think you should have a lifetime ban for Twitter for just about anything you can do. So um, I I did see that Elon Musk said he wasn't for those. So we will see what happens, though. Um, Well, and of course, uh, it it has huge significance because depending on who comes back to the platform, even a, especially an ex president who's been um, kind of quiet since uh, since he's been off Twitter and, and says he's not coming back. Oh, he does, huh?
0: Well, because he wants to keep Truth Social uh, afloat. So I think he feels an <laughs> obligation to to the platform that he's put his his imprimatur on. Uh, but but that hasn't really gotten up and running yet. I think that I think they had a window. I think it's going to be tough for them now that Twitter's under new management for for truth social to uh to get much momentum we'll see maybe maybe his his uh i guess you wouldn't call them tweets if they're on a different network but maybe they're truths, truths. i guess he
1: wants them called truths i think that's probably the, <laughs> exactly. that's exactly probably the, the theory behind that right um, right <laughs> still still stealing a march as you will on whatever comes up there that's a truth yes. um Anyway, so it
0: reminds me of Stephen Colbert's truthiness. Exactly.
1: Back back when he used to have a good show. Exactly, exactly. Um, So I I do think though that uh, we're going to now see all these all these uh, social media platforms seem to go in the in the direction. I'm 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 reminded of Robert Conquest's second law. I think it is that any organization that is isn't avowedly right wing becomes left wing over time. And all the social media—that is what happened. They were throwing off uh, things that the uh, the the, the uh, top liberals didn't want on it. Uh, and now this is this is an effort to to make a neutral platform. Let's see if if there's just a tropism that that they have to do this. They have to either, is there, maybe there's laws. Maybe they're worried about libel. I mean, maybe it, maybe it will always go in this direction, but we're gonna actually see whether it has to go in this direction because I think the whole point of spending that that much money is to, is to actually change and do something interesting.
0: Yeah, no, there's no reason to buy it if you're gonna keep it on the same trajectory. Uh, I mean, just as one example, something I saw uh, earlier this week, Vec, uh, we're talking about the the sort of the differences in the in the uh, approach that Twitter was taking toward Republican members of Congress and Democrat members of Congress. Now, we're, we're not talking about uh, there, there are there are people in both parties who you would think of as not necessarily being mainstream. But we're talking about people who have actually been elected to Congress by their fellow Americans. OK, just looking at that sample set. And and I forget now whether it was fifty three or fifty four, but the ratio was something like fifty three to one in terms of Twitter disciplining the tweets of Republican congressmen versus disciplining the tweets of Democrat congressmen. Fifty three to one. That's that. I'm, <laughs> that's laughably lopsided.
1: I wonder what you had to do. Uh, who who's the one guy? <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: I, you know, I
0: yeah. I assumed it was. Uh, that this wasn't just people who had been taken down that that this would include sort of you know any particular tweet that might be taken down so it's just a ratio it, it's not just that there was one on the other side but you know still if it's if it's 100 uh, democrats who who were disciplined that's 5300 republicans so it's it's you know it's unbelievable
1: yes i i also think that the whole idea that any of these congressmen are saying anything that has to be disciplined. I mean, I don't know that there are children out there listening to the congressman. you know, I just, I, I guess, you know, I guess I should say I am not on Twitter. I look at people's tweets uh, when there's a chain of them on some legal topic or something amusing is going on, but I'm not on Twitter. So I guess part of this is I wonder how, how, why is everyone so concerned? Because I'm not, engaged in it but i i think a lot of people a lot of lawyers are it certainly seems like um i don't you know i don't know uh what the um what the outcome is going to be i do know that certainly reporters and lawyers who talk a lot and go on radio like us uh, are are very excited about this whole matter and what's going to happen um, I don't know if the country at large is, but I also think that uh, there is uh, the idea that this is some sort of huge catastrophe for anybody. Uh, I didn't think it was that much of a huge catastrophe, um, except when the government was doing it, uh, when whoever was running it wanted to do X, Y, or Z. Um, it didn't affect my daily life, but uh, I do know that many people, this affects their whole daily lives. It's a huge matter to them. So we're going to see. and. Uh, Elon has this is the first thing I think he's bought that doesn't make something or isn't supposed to make something. Um, and I don't know how he's going to whether he's integrating it with his other businesses or what he's going to do. But um, he obviously has some kind of plan. And he said that it's to be more of a free speech platform for Twitter. Um, and and I do think that now he's laid down the marker. We're going to see who he puts in in control, because that's the other thing, um, the, the folks who. The folks Mark who do the um, who do the monitoring of it all seem to be one type of person from one type of school with one type outlook, and so uh, a type of groupthink comes in, and that groupthink I, I think they have to willfully try to fight against it somehow in in order to uh, in order to stop it from just becoming a monoculture. Well, it's and- it's groupthink, and and
0: I think monoculture is the right word. It, it reminds me of the old story of. The person in in Manhattan saying they didn't know anybody who didn't vote for McGovern in 1972. You know, it's, <laughs> it, they're you know they're so uh, when when Nixon had the landslide, it's there's such a one sided view that they don't even know when they're being lopsided in their approach.
1: Yep.